Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings. And welcome once again to another episode of the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am J.P. Mosier. And we're here talking about the greatest songs in modern music history. Talking about what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you think you, what, why we think you should too. Nice. Shall we do that again? We're going to talk about why they're great, why we think we're awesome, and why we think you should too. Perfectly said. Thank you. I'm always perfect. One take Rob. That's what they call me. Here we go. Okay, so we don't do overdubs, kids. No, we jump in. We're not. We're not all about that life. We're showing warts and all today. Um. So normally we we come to the table when we talk about a song with uh some well researched notes and we scour the corners of the interwebs looking for the greatest tidbits of information. Uh, to bring to you, we're calling a, aunts and uncles. We're absolutely messaging friends. We want to provide for you, the dear listener, a robust uh, cornucopia, a cornucopia of uh, of facts about the song. But uh, this week we hit a snag uh, because the song that we want to bring to you today, literally, there is almost no information on it's on the a internet. Deep cut. It's it's very strange. You can find out anything on the internet. I mean, like... At least fake facts. Yeah, exactly. There aren't even that. There aren't even misleading uh, fallacies on the internet about this song uh, that I can find. I even tried to contact the artist directly, but once again, somebody wants to ignore me on Twitter. So join the club, Chris Rice. Because this week we're talking about maybe one of the top five greatest songs I have ever heard in my entire life. It is called... When did you fall? Let's take a listen to a little bit of an incredible song. You're all smiles and silly conversation As if this sunny day came just for you twist your hair, you smile, and you turn your eyes away. Come on, tell me what's right with you. Now it dawns on me, probably everybody's talking. And there's something here I'm supposed to realize. Cause your secret's out and the universe laughs at his joke on me. I just caught it in your eyes. It's a beautiful surprise. When did Fall in love 
oh man, I, I really, I really just want to play the whole song. There's legal reasons why we can't, and and or even if we could, we shouldn't, uh, because our goal is for you to go out and find the song for yourself and add it to your collection. Um, we'll give you enough just to intrigue you, so you'll man, go listen to it. Exactly. We want to quet the old appetite, if you will. It. It's kind of surprising to me that there's not more information on here about this. This song actually did reach number eight on the pop AC radio format. Okay. Well, there you go. So it's it's hit a list. It's made a list of some sort. And that being said, I'm I'm shocked that there's so little to be found. Maybe I just had a bad day of, of research. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about Chris Rice. Let's introduce yeah. the listeners because most folks listening to this podcast probably are not super aware of Chris Rice. Um Starting in the mid '90s, uh, he appeared on uh, Christian music uh, radio, Christian radio, um, and a lot of people know him for the, a song called "Cartoons." Cartoons, yeah, terrible song. Uh, which, wow, I mean, like it's a smart song, it's quirky, but it's literally it's like a goofy youth pastor song. Um, and he was a youth pastor, and it was just something he, you know, made up about if you know if cartoons got saved, how would they sing praise to the Lord? And, uh, you know, and then it's a bunch of impressions like, yeah. okay, um, cool. Like how would Bullwinkle, you know, <laughs> that was not Bullwinkle at all. I don't know what character but, that was. Uh, hallelujah. I can't really do that's Bullwinkle, closer. I guess. I guess that's what we've just discovered is I can do a great many impressions, but Bullwinkle is Bullwinkle's not, not, the top not really one of them. Uh, uh, <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, um, what he got known for. But he had his first album, make no mistake, was... His Amazing. first album was Deep Enough to Dream. Good album. Um, oh, man. Songs on that that I can remember. Clumsy, Sometimes Love, Deep Enough to Dream, obviously the title track. Um, the one that probably gets played the most, I would think, off of that album is Welcome to Our World. True. Because of Christmas. They yeah. play that at Christmas all the time. Amazing Christmas song. Good song. Uh, covered, I think, before his version hit. This is part of what got him signed uh, to uh, Rocket Town Records, Michael W. Smith's uh, label, which by the way, is the only note that I have on this entire song, <laughs> an hour of trying to research it. And that's what I've got. Let me ask, when was it, when was he signed to rocket town? Do you know the year? I'm going to say 1994, 96, 96. Okay. okay. I okay. thought that was your one. I was trying to throw you a pop fly. No, and I literally my only note was that he was the first artist signed to rocket town records by Michael W. Smith. But uh, welcome to our world. I think was covered by Kathy Tricoli, or not covered, but originally recorded. Sure. I think by Kathy Tricoli. Oh, that's so Maybe weird because even... she did "Go Light Your World" too, which is his song, his is other it? Christmas song. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, you know, "Go Light Your World," "Carry Your Candle." Yeah, that... yeah, "Run to he the Darkness." Wrote... One of them, they both do a version. I huh. thought he wrote that. That's his song. She covered his song, and she did this one. Wow, I did not realize. Obviously, that he had we did not that. do the. But I'm okay. confident that's a Chris Rice song. Wow, you mean you're confident that he wrote it or that I'm, he? I'm thinking I'm going to go 93 percent that that's Ooh. a Chris Rice song. Okay, so Chris, I just gave you credit for that. If you did, while we're talking, you look I'm, it up. I'm I'll go on another tangent so you can look it up and verify. Chris okay. wrote Rice wrote Go Light Your World. All right. Um, second album, Past the Edges, probably my favorite Chris Rice album. Believe really? it or not, I like it a lot. Smelling Coffee, Power of the Moment, Clumsy. It's some got some really interesting musical stuff on it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I really liked it a lot. Um, then Smell the Color 9 came out, and I did not like it. Uh, <laughs> it was probably my least favorite Chris Rice album. It was, uh, it was good. I still I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it pretty well. But this song that we're talking about is called When Did You Fall? Um, and it's from the... You're absolutely uh, right. Hang really? on, let me interrupt. Hang Chris on. Rice wrote Go Light Your World. Boom. Carry your candle. Perfectly played, Rob. Wow. I don't know if you're impersonating Kathy Tricoli or Chris Rice impersonating <laughs> Kathy Tricoli. 
But that was good. I think I was doing Kathy Tricoli impersonating Cher. Yeah, that was good. Okay. Similar. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're doing When Did You Fall from the Amusing album, which came out in 2005. Such a great album. Great by the album. Way. Chris Wright, he doesn't do bad albums. I mean, really, there's not a an album that you wouldn't give at least a 75 to. Um, great songwriter. Um, I don't think he's the greatest vocalist, but a great songwriter. Yeah. Right. He's not a, like a, he's not a big voice. He's not a, you know, powerhouse voice. He's more along the lines of uh, limes. He's more along the lines of a James Taylor, kind of an understated voice. Sure. You know, a David Wilcox, not a huge range. Um, right. But man, can he write a song? Yeah. Uh, And his voice is very sweet and, and beautiful and it's very tender. Uh, you know, if you've ever heard his song, um, is, is it, um, what is it called? Come to Jesus. Is it just called yeah, come to Jesus? Yeah. Just a, you know, him and it'll just bring you to tears. Welcome to called, our world. Maybe called something else, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right to Jesus and live that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, he's got this just very, very tender voice. Uh, this song is just gushing with sweet. Oh well, yeah. I mean, uh, so the, the, the premise of the song, if you didn't catch on, uh, which you probably did because it's amazing. Um, but the, the premise of the song is that there's a, a couple that have been friends, presumably for a good long while. Um, once we get to the bridge, you'll figure out that at least these people have known each other for a while. But all of a sudden, the guy realizes that this the, this girl is in love with him. And he's totally clueless about it uh, up until that point. Before then, he just has no idea. And so this is this song is all written in one moment. I love songs that are... You know, some, song, some songs tell a big, long story. This song happens in one second. This is, is you know, a four-minute song, but in chronological time, it takes place in one second of him realizing, oh my gosh, this is happening. Like, she's head over heels in love with me, and it's just dawning on me, and his whole relationship is flashing before his eyes with him and this girl. Um, and he's he, he just caught a flash of it and everything is washing over him. Um, and I just think that's so cool when you can take a song and, and expand a single moment to, you know, four minutes, five minutes, whatever. Um, it's just, it's just amazing. Cause it kind of, that's kind of how it feels in a moment like that. It's like you have some great revelation or something clicks into place and, you get this download all of a sudden and, and, and images and memories. This is the and, montage moment of the movie. Exactly. When you're watching Rocky or whatever, you yes. all the flashbacks in that one moment. Yes. This is that moment for this guy. That's right. This is his montage moment. This is what Daniel son saw in his head when he's about to go up for the crane kick. Yes. He's seeing all of his training leading right. up to that moment in one instantaneous. When he glances thing. at Miyagi and he gives him the <laughs> wink. And he's about to crane kick this girl right in the face <laughs> with love. <laughs> so uh i mean the 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 lyric is so tight um this song production wise is beautiful it's got a little bit of jazz influence feel in piano uh that kind of stuff some some you know jazz chords. or gospel kind of chords got a lot of um interesting chord progressions um there's a chord on the chorus that I want to talk about in a minute, but there's a, it's got some minor five chords on the verse, um, which is kind of in pop music. Uh, it's, it happened forever, but really became popular 
um, in the kind of early to mid 2000s because Coldplay started using a minor five in a couple songs. And so then everybody starts using minor fives um, for a couple. So if you're in the key of C, uh, you're looking at a G minor, minor chord, which does not naturally occur diatonically in the key of C. Um, but it but it gives you an interesting feel uh, and it's an easy way to get to an F chord. Uh, you've got um, uh, in jazz, you talk a lot, a lot about two, five, one progressions uh, and they naturally occur. Like if you're in the key of C, you'd have a two minor five major one, a D minor, which naturally occurs a G major, which naturally occurs, which leads your ear back to the one chord, the root. Um, so if you throw in a G minor all of a sudden, uh, then that gives you, if you think of that as a two chord to the key of F, you can go G minor, C major, and easy to an F. You hear that a ton in gospel music um, and, uh, and that kind of stuff. It just gives you an alternate way to, to get to a chord. So anyway, there's some five minors sprinkled in here and there. Um, and there's another great chord on the chorus. Let me play you a little clip, and then I want to I want to dig into this chord a little bit because it doesn't happen often in pop music, and I want to applaud it here. Have you been waiting long? Okay, so the chord that we're hearing in the chorus on "Have you been waiting long?" That chord is just so so good uh, in this in this spot. And what we're looking at here um, is a you can look at it a couple different ways. Um, so you're looking, you're in the key, you're in the key of a flat major. Um, and the chord on have you is a B flat minor. It's the naturally occurring two, two. minor chord. Um, and let's leave the bass out of it for now and just talk about the, the, the chord, the triad that we're going to hear. So you've got a, a B flat, uh, minor chord and then so what you hear is da, and you get this little movement, ba, da, da, da. and that second part of that move, ba, da, makes this um, a B flat augmented chord. Um, I'm sorry, an no, a, a, an a, a augmented, augmented chord, um, which means an augmented chord is basically as a triad. But just we'll get back to. For the for the non uh, theory speakers here in a minute, but I, I want to hit this because it's so great. What a uh, what an augmented chord is uh, is like a major third, uh, a major chord with a raised fifth. So you've got a root, you've got a major third, and then you've got another major third over that. So it's like two major thirds on top of each other. So if you're in the key of C, you'd be C E G sharp. Um, so. It's augmented. It just means it's raised. You've got a raised fifth. The cool thing about this chord is um, that it is an A augmented chord. It is also an F augmented chord. And it is also a C augmented chord. Uh, Because if you keep going major third, major third, major third, it doesn't matter what's on on the bass, in other words. So that chord just keeps going all the way up all the way up the piano. So actually what happens is if you just take that chord alone, you really don't know what to call it. Um, it gives the feel that it's still staying at acting as a two chord. That's just kind of shifting harmonically. Uh, but the bass actually slides up to, uh, an F. So it's on a B, uh, B flat. It slides up to 
and an F, which is okay. We're in the key of A flat, so that's the six in A flat. But on the two chord, that's the five of the two chord. So if you think about like old school country bass, where it's bum 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 bum, right? It's a common thing to go root five root over a chord. Um, and that's what the bass is doing. It's doing the root note of the chord, which is B flat. And then the fifth of the chord, which is an F. So, which is also the sixth of the original. Yes. A flat. Um, so what you've technically got because the bass is on an F is you have an F augmented chord right there. So you're going B flat F augmented, but only because of the bass, but harmonically it still acts as a B flat minor chord just with some shifting harmonics so your left hand and your bass player are playing a b flat yes uh no 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 No, your left hand and your bass player are playing an f F, yes okay and your your right hand is playing a uh an a augmented f augmented c sharp augmented whatever it is um so um f a c sharp so um but then it goes right back to that b flat minor chord um it just becomes a b flat You, you would probably play it as a b flat uh, minor seven. You could you keep moving down B flat A A flat E. Uh, I'm sorry no. E B, B flat A A, a flat, flat G, G over an E E flat chord mm-hmm. to get back to the A flat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did we lose everybody? The E flat is the five in the original key. Exactly. So you're you're all you're doing in the long run in the grand scheme of things is doing a two minor five one. You're going B flat minor to an E flat to an A flat, but it is a beautiful way to get there. It works so well in this, um, in this context. So good. That took way too long to explain. And I'm sure I lost everybody, including myself. If you hung out with us, let's meet the band. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. I did do a little homework on the band. This is the one thing I was able to do a little bit on, and that's just because I have the CD and I'm reading on the inside of the cover. Um, so on guitars, there's three guitar players, actually a total of four that play on the album, um, and it doesn't really cite which one goes to which song, so I'll just hit highlights on any of them, on, on all four of them really quick. Uh, Paul Moak, um, he now owns the Smokestack in Berry Hill, which is a studio. That's where Third Day, Jennifer Knapp, and Matt Kearney have all recorded their latest projects. So nice job, Paul Moak, on there that. There you go. Scott Dente, husband-wife combo of okay. Scott and Christine Dente Christine, from yeah. Out of the Gray. Yeah. Pretty big uh, 90s Christian Yeah, yeah, group. yeah. Also, Keggy King and Dente. Keggy King and Dente. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's good. Him and Wes King. Mm-hmm. Some and solid guitar work yeah, on that album. That's a great album. Um, another guitar player on there, a guy named Tom Buckovac. Um, he now owns a music consignment shop, Second Gear Consignment in Nashville. We should probably go meet Tom Bukovac. He should. He's right down the street. Sorry if I mispronounced your name. If it's Bukovac or Butcher. Anyway, Tom. We'll come meet you, Tom. <laughs> he uh, toured with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and Joe Walsh for a while. So huh. he had some good life on the road and now owns a music consignment shop. Um, a guy that played on the album, uh, I don't know where because I can't find him on the liner notes, but I was looking on the ever-popular World Wide Web um, prior to this, just about this song. And I learned a lot about Dwayne Eddy. He played guitar um, with Chris Rossum. He is uh, he wrote the guitar riff for Movin' and Groovin', which was borrowed for Chuck Berry's Brown-Eyed Handsome Man wow. and the Beach Boys' Surfing USA. So he wrote some pretty big riffs. Interesting. Um, and he was the, uh, in 1976, he released an album called Dwayne Eddy. 
and which whatever that album, but the people that played on that album were awesome. So on his album were McCartney, John Fogarty, and George Harrison all played on that album. No kidding. It's a pretty good supporting cast there, Dwayne Eddy. Wow. And I probably should know more about you, Dwayne, but in 2004, he's only the second person ever to receive the Guitar Player Gold Award. So the first was Les Paul, so he's the second ever. My goodness. So he's a pretty big-time wow. guy. Sorry, I didn't know more about you prior to this. One of those um, sort of unsung yeah, uh, guitar heroes. heroes of, wow, man. A drums guy named Ken Lewis. He played with Temptations and toured with Keggy for a while. Um, guy on keys named Jeff Roach. Sorry, I don't know anything about you, Jeff. Uh, on bass, Mark Hill. Another Welsh bass player. Okay. Um, Pino Palandino, who we've talked about prior, yep. um, is another Welsh bass player. This guy's actually a DJ for Craig David, and he played with George Benson. I know you're a big George Benson guy. I am a big George Benson fan. So that's a, a quick version of Meet the Band on this deep, deep track here. Very cool. Um, the The instrumentation on this and the, just the feel of the song is so good. Um, it's very, it's sort of a crooner ish, you know what I mean? I mean, it doesn't swing or anything like that, but it's reminiscent of just classic, you know, um, songs that your like grandmother listened to when she was a teenager. Like it feels like that. Are there other moments on the song that you like other than that chord? Cause I've got a couple. That oh yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, Great. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, you know what? I really love, um, I, I mean, the entire song is great, but the bridge really the takes bridge, it. That's what I put. Piano, oh, ri- piano bridge to right. another to another spot. Some great chords, but for me, the the lyric and melody being so playful and sentimental on the bridge. Um, let's listen let's real listen quick. To the bridge, and one thing I'll have you listen when you're listening to the bridge. Listen to the way the bass slides into the bridge. I love the entrance of yeah. the bass player coming into the bridge. Oh yeah, so tasty. This. So listen to this. Let's listen. Was it at the coffee shop, or was it that morning at the bus stop when you almost slipped and I caught your hand, or the time we built the snowman, the day at the beach, sandy and warm, or the night with the scary thunderstorm? I never saw the signs. Now we've got to make up for lost time, and I can tell now by the way that you're looking at me. I better finish this song so my lips will be free. So yeah, uh, awesome bridge. I think it's it's one of my favorite parts of the of the song. The other thing I'll touch base on the bridge is the way he sings the, the I can tell now by the way that you're looking at me. I love the way he sings it, but I feel like the backing part almost sounds like it's a CD that's skipping. <laughs> like the back of it behind on the hits. Yeah. It's like it's the way it's hitting. I think it's really he's the only part that's consistent through. But if you're listening and he's not singing, like I bet in the studio it sounds like meh, bah. Bah, bah. Yep. So it sounds like the track is skipping yep. behind him, but it's just really cool band yeah, instrumentation. I love that. Starts with triplets there. I can see now by the way that you and then uh 16th notes looking at me. It's very cool. Yeah. Um the only there are there are two things that I hold against this song that keep okay. it from being um it's still perfection. Okay. This song is perfect. Uh but there are a couple of execution things production wise that I take issue with on this song, even though I love it so much. One is at the end of the bridge, the yeah. Uh, So my lips will be free. Yeah. I feel like it takes me out of the moment with this song for a second. It's a little too much. It becomes a little newsies. Uh, Yeah. 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 Now is the time to seize the day. Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah, I'm not. Sh- I just can't. I, it, but that's some. That's very him. Yeah. Like that's not the only time he's done that. He's he, sometimes he just ends a lyric with yeah, and I don't know why. And he he you know he's just kind of funny intentionally on sometimes on this stuff. So, I, but I think it's weird. Uh, not weird. It just it seems out of character with the rest of the song. I feel like it's a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, see, I kind of, it doesn't bother me because I feel like it's like a, uh, a jump in the air, fist pump moment. <laughs> yeah, like, freeze yeah. frame. Yeah, like freeze, like he's frozen there and then, you know, he does the whole, <laughs> my lips are free. And so he comes back yeah. and he's all just jubilant, bouncing around, all uh, happy. Reminds me of the, uh, I, I don't know why when I hear it and I'm thinking, of, I think, have you seen the movie? I don't know if you've seen it, the 500 Days of Summer. No. Or whatever. Anyway, there's a part in there where he has this little, mo- where he's dancing around and singing because he's all blissful and it reminds me of kind of that, like he's just. He's just quirky, nerdy, weird, excited about the fact that he just found out this girl's. Yeah. I don't know. I also love when people, um, when a song acknowledges that it's a song. So he says, I can tell now by the way that you're looking at me, I better finish this song. So my lips will be free. That's great. And it sort of breaks down the breaks that fourth wall, um, you know, and says, I'm aware that I'm singing a song right now. It's cool. I like that. Um, the other issue that I have with this song, it, Okay, it basically has a fake ending. Um, yeah, when the drums come back and in, and then and then everything kicks back in for a for a kind of a groove section, which I'm all for. I wish more songs did that. Yes. Um, and so it's just kind of a jam section at the end. But here's my issue: my hands are folded, and I'm trying to speak to this song like a father right now. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to teach this song something that is of vital importance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're in the key of A major, A, a, a flat, A flat, A flat major. Okay. When the guitar starts soloing over the end section of the song, minor blues game. it's soloing in A flat minor. Uh-huh. Why on God's green <laughs> earth did they allow that to happen? You've got this beautifully jazzy, uh, you know, interpretation of these chords throughout the entire thing. And then it literally sounds like, every guitarist's first solo, solo yeah. interaction. <laughs> like everybody who walks into a jazz setting for the first time and doesn't actually know what jazz is. And so they're like, we're in a flat. And okay, so I'll then they start playing an a I'll flat blue scale. scale. We stay in the pentatonic. Oh, it I just, don't want to be mad at Paul Moak, Scott Dente, Tom Bukovec, or Dwayne Eddy. Oh but man. One of you guys just upset Rob. Guys, come. does it bother you? Yeah, no, no. It it's breaks coming back in. I, it doesn't bother me because I feel like to me, the way I interpret it is the song's over. He's happy. And he's like, okay, guys, let's just jam for a little bit. You know, we had a moment. Let's bring it in with the brushes. Here I, we go. Uh, uh, here we go, Ken Lewis. Here's to some brushes. Come on back with us. I just can't. Yeah. I just can't. Here's what I can allow. Okay. I can allow in my heart a solo that is an A-flat major that has a, that alludes to an A flat blue scale at some point. Okay. Right. Okay. I'll give every solo that, uh-huh. um, but I cannot abide a minor solo played over a major scale in its entirety. I can't, the whole thing. I you, cannot allow, I throw the red flag on that. Uh-huh. It just should not be done. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is an amazing song, incredible production. And then in the last 60 seconds, they allow this travesty to happen <laughs> that every time I hear it tries to pull me away from the beauty of this P- song. Play the little section so they can hear what we're talking about. I don't want to. Okay. You don't have to listen to it. Never mind. No, <laughs> Typically here's, we cut away. 
here's what we're talking about. If you're like me and you can't listen, just skip ahead. Just skip that, hit that 15 second skip and we'll catch you in a second. Okay, so there that was. Okay, that was a thing that happened. Right. I don't know who produced this album. Do you have the uh, yeah. say on the liner notes? I do. Hang on, you can keep talking while I look it up. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm gonna have to cleanse my palate after that. Monroe Jones. Monroe Jones, come longtime on, Monroe. collaborator. Uh, Monroe Jones. Why do I know his name? I saw his name come up in in. Uh, oh, I think I think they just did a lot together. That's right. He and Monroe Jones did several things together. Um, okay, so here's the deal. This has been a short episode. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and uh, and we thank you wherever you're listening. We're going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Great Song Podcast. But what we're going to do is we're going to take you out a little differently this week. Uh, because after that minor guitar solo in a major key, I've got to hear something else to cleanse my palate. Some musical ginger, if you will. Uh, so, hey, I kind of am a musical ginger. So are you. I'm a musical ginger. We're musical we're gingers. We're musical gingers on the Great Song Podcast. <laughs> I'm Ed Sharon. <laughs> I'm not Ed Sheeran, and I'm some other guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm other, the other one. Who's the other musical ginger? Oh, uh, I'm a I'm I'm Ron Cunningham, uh, <laughs> Opie. I'm uh, Ron Howard. Ron Howard. <laughs> Ron Cunningham. <laughs> Ron Opie Cunningham. Oh, okay. oh gosh, uh, I don't know. Opie Taylor. I'm some. I'm Rick Astley. Oh yeah. Yeah. Play some Rick Astley. To musical gingers. Know. Okay, so I'm gonna go with a Chris, uh, another Chris Rice song. Uh, that is in a minor kind of bluesy key. This is the guitar solo from the song Good News off the album Deep Enough to Dream that then alludes to a major key in the middle of it for just a second, slips back in the blues scale, and we're going to take you out. You thought we were going to get away with no more theory, but we slipped it in there. That's right. All right, that's it for this week's edition of the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rick Astley. I'm Ed Sheeran. Go listen to some music. (laughs) 